1: Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hey, Got it! Giannis
2: Antetokounmpo. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, and I am joined, as always, by the charismatic Rohan Kadi. I think I used that one before, but it's a nice one, so I feel like it's okay. Rohan, how's it going?
3: Doing well, doing as well as I can. It's uh, you know, it, it's it, we're we're winding down the NBA season somehow in this weird season that will stand the test of time. We have like around 20 games left. It's just it's wild. It's wild. So, uh, you know, at the end of the season comes the comes the playoffs. This is what we've been looking forward to all season long. Uh, I've made my point clear on this podcast in the past, this season, that this regular season does not interest me in terms of like just general wins and losses and that sort of thing. I'm more looking for the nuance in there, but I'm doing that because I'm excited for the playoffs and the playoffs are almost here time.
2: They are, they are. And since they're almost here, we thought it would be good to take a look ahead right now at how the standings could end up in the Eastern conference. And how that would shake out for the Milwaukee Bucks. So, this podcast right here is going to be concerned with the first, second, and third seed in the East, namely the teams that, I mean, it's going to be the Nets, the 76ers, and the Bucks in some order. We were talking. The top
3: tier of the Eastern Conference.
2: Precisely. We were talking before this. Most projections, maybe all projections, have Milwaukee slated as the third seed out of those three. But that's not yet set in stone. There is still room for movement. It's, again, just a very bizarre NBA season. But let's just talk about how we would like the top three seed, the top three seeds to shake out, namely, how do we want the Bucks' postseason path to look? I think we can agree it probably isn't going to take a lot of oxygen. The Bucks finishing first would be great. That would be the best thing by far. Uh, we're gonna take a look in another episode about the rest of the seeding three or four through ten now this year for some reason um, and and how we feel about those seeds shaking out. But in terms of just one, two, and three, the optimal is always going to be Bucks at one. I mean, we could sit here and dither. I think I don't know if I care. I guess I guess Philly two to give them the home court over Brooklyn in the semis would be. Totally preferable because I think we'd rather draw Philly, but I guess that's a that's a question. But what all of the, all the things I said, I don't even know where to go as, as the conversation from here. But give me your thoughts to what I all just said.
3: So the first thing I want to address is the the little question you sort of assumed I have an answer to, and you assumed correctly is that. Uh, If I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I would rather play the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs than the Brooklyn Nets. Avoid the Brooklyn Nets at all costs. We've talked about them in terms of their strengths, their weaknesses throughout. As soon as they traded for James Harden, it's just been such a polarizing topic. They are by far the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference, and deservingly so. They are playing insane basketball, and they haven't even had their big three on the court for that long. I think it's been a grand total of around 70 minutes so far this season. Was that like
2: three games? Two or three? Probably maybe three or four games.
3: Yeah, around there. So just we have no idea how good this team could actually be because they're very, very good, even when they're not at full strength. So, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets would be a team I would like to avoid. (laughs) Yeah, I, I would as well. So that's
2: just to explain my thinking if it wasn't clear. Bucks, Bucks in first is the best because it guarantees you're not going to see either Philly or Brooklyn until the conference finals. Of course, if you have to get there, assuming you get there, uh, you won't see those teams. It's pretty much impossible. I shouldn't say impossible.
1: It's, it's just it's about
2: impossible for improbable. one of those top three teams to, to drop out of the top three, and especially Philly and, and Brooklyn, who are much farther ahead than the Bucks. So if the Bucks finish first – those right now, the Nets are in second, Philly is in first. The Nets are half game behind the Sixers. The Bucs are three and a half games behind the Sixers. Then there are four and a half games between the Bucs and three and the Hawks in four. So clearly the Hawks are way back of the top two seeds right now. So if the Bucs somehow went on an absolute tear and finished first in the East, all but guaranteed they're not going to see Philly and Brooklyn and they'll only see one or the other in the conference finals. So at least you're not going to draw that nightmare fuel in the second round, which is a pretty tough matchup for literally anyone. Um, let's assume the Bucks don't get the first seed for the point of this combo. I think we've already covered and Philly getting home court is nice. Give them an extra advantage. We would love Philly to beat Brooklyn. I think Philly is just more manageable as good as Joel Embiid looks. And now he's back playing again, which is awesome. You know, the next two guys, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. A little bit different level of fear from those two to James Harden, Kyrie Irving, not to mention Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, DeAndre Jordan, Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Sixers have some nice players too. George Hill has yet to play there. He should be playing by the playoffs, you would hope. But, you know, George Hill compared to like Joe Harris, it's there's just a gulf. There's just a gulf between the potential of Philly and the potential of Brooklyn. So, If the Bucs aren't finishing first, Rohan, is it even worth distinguishing between second and third? Or does it matter more who would end up first in that scenario?
3: I think it would matter more who finishes first. Because if they do not end up with the first seed, it's because they obviously did not go on a tear to end the season. And they're most likely going to end up third, which is, like you said earlier, just the most likely outcome in general. (laughs) Because they are three and a hit three and a half games back of the first seed it's kind of tough to make that ground up in such a short amount of time so Although
2: two yeah. games each against these teams so that that is a huge a huge potential to get back in I just I'm not I'm not expecting them to go with the first seed but when you can make up two games in each of those individual races like that it does give you a, an opportunity to do it because then suddenly you're right there but that's assuming they go 4 and 0 against Philly and Brooklyn for the rest of the year, which is a very difficult thing to do, not even factoring if those games are back-to-backs or seven games in eight nights or whatever the hell else is going on with this NBA season.
3: For sure, for sure. So, let's just assume that they get third. Yes. And assume that they get out of the first round. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. So, in this scenario, it would be, you know, a 2-3 matchup in the second round for the Bucs. Like I mentioned earlier, I would rather see the Sixers in the second round than face the Nets. You do not want to see the Nets this early on in the playoffs, especially considering that they're probably like 76ers and the Bucks, as we'll talk about on our uh, next episode. They're probably not going to have a very difficult path to getting to the second round. <laughs> so it's not going to be a tested team. You do not want to face the Brooklyn Nets in their first challenge. We have seen these players, Kevin Durant, we have seen Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Yeah. Uh, We have seen those two players show up when it matters the most. We have seen that. We have seen them win titles. We have in Kevin Durant's case, we've seen him win multiple finals MVPs. No thank you in the second round. <laughs> no thank you. I'd rather see the team that hasn't made it out of the second round in this era, in the Philadelphia 76ers. So if the Bucks are the third seed. You want to be rooting for the Brooklyn Nets to be in the first seed.
2: And to be clear, because I think it's worth saying, so we don't think we're dumb, we would prefer Milwaukee to have the second seed to the third seed and get home court, but we're just not going to spend as much time talking about it because it's just not how things shake out. And I think the more relevant question is, who would you rather have in first and who would you rather have in second slash third? Like, obviously, second oh, sure. is better than third, but... Um, I, I just don't think it's it's that big of a combo Yes, you'd rather have the game at home But I think the bigger question is like Well, that we're at least discussing today Is, is matchups and who you want to see Devil's advocate Do you want to jump on Brooklyn When they are not tested yet And try to take advantage of that So right now And we'll get to it But currently, just without thinking about it Without factoring in play in, the Knicks are in eighth Honestly, Brooklyn Knicks First round might actually be fun as hell just for the whole New York thing, but it's probably a sweep. I, I, Julius Randle would have to shoot like 90% to keep up with those three players that the Nets have. So let's say the Nets make quick work of the Knicks. If you're going to run into them anyway, and it seems like you are at some point if you want to get out at the conference, would you rather get against them earlier when they don't have that experience together yet in the real tight, hard-fought games? Or would you rather have them kind of go through it a little bit, probably against Philly, and then see them later?
3: Absolutely not. <laughs> you, you do want not want to... Yes, because you want the best chance as your team to win. <laughs> so you don't want them to lose in the second round again. I'd rather them lose in the conference finals to the Nets than lose in the second round of the Nets. Just thinking about that as an overall, like, Bucks legacy question. Because... Whatever happens this postseason run, those are going to be the questions that are asked, right? You can't see them losing the second round again for the second year in a row. They have to get back to the conference finals. They just have to. And I know that's not a guarantee, especially this year with these teams in the Eastern Conference, but you just just have to. So, no, I would rather see the easier team, quote-unquote easier team, in the second round than just face an ultimate juggernaut in the second round.
2: I agree. I just wanted to provide the devil's advocate opinion. I'm sure some people believe that, and I don't think it's totally false, but I think I I factor in the second round thing that you mentioned as being more important, even if I shouldn't. I mean, maybe, maybe it's really threading the needle. If you get them in the second round, you get on them before they played a, a quote unquote real series, probably who knows what happens in the playoffs, but you know, Maybe it's the jolt the Bucks need to make a certain move that could help elevate the ceiling that doesn't involve any players on the roster. We could dither about that all day. You but, can,
3: but you also can't waste a Giannis here.
2: Uh, that, I think that's. I think that's a fair point. I think you know the expect. I think. I think it should be more nuanced for the organization what they do in all aspects this summer than where they lose. But I think for the sake of. I mean, God, Giannis himself, for no other reason, I don't want to see the Bucks go out in the second round again. I just think it would not give you a fair, like, post-mortem on the season, right? Like, if they lose to Brooklyn in the second round and they go, like, whatever, five and five in the playoffs or something like that, six and five, five and six, uh, yeah, I guess. It doesn't matter. It just like it looks even more disappointing than maybe it is. And I think there's like embarrassing ways to lose to Brooklyn for sure. But I think, you know, we saw, we've saw we seen the Bucs play the Nets close earlier this season, although the Nets weren't at full strength yet. And I mean, I guess the Nets have never been at full strength. Hopefully they get there before the playoffs. But, you know, I, I think if you play them close, you could still lose in five games and everyone is going to dunk on the Bucs, of course, for – losing to the Nets in in five games and, you know, going out of the second round and winning one game in the second round for the second straight year, which again, is just not great for a team of this caliber, a player of Giannis's caliber, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't say all that much to me, just strictly the result. If you lose to the Nets in five somewhere, like could be the second round, could be the conference finals. I just, I would rather have a fairer look at the season. And I think you get that from getting Brooklyn in the conference finals. So does that make sense? I feel like uh, it does. Okay.
3: Yeah. It's, you can look at it that way. You can just look at it in the terms of if the nets do end up, like if it's a conference finals matchup bucks, nets, you'd rather see this nets team sort of worn down a little bit in that sense, because you could look at it both ways. We talked about it earlier in the sense like, Oh, they're tested. Now they're warmed up. They're also when, Oldish team, very old. Of, the, the guys the who team. play are old. Yeah, so y- if you want to see them worn down a little bit, you want to see them in the second round, or excuse me, in the conference finals, not, yeah. and not in the second round, because you know this team, like this Bucks team, especially the guys who are playing,
0: are- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
3: a little bit younger they're not too much younger than this uh than this Nets team because the Bucks are the Bucks aren't as old as they were last year for sure but they're still an old team <laughs> that's
2: what happens uh, when you lose Kyle Korver
3: Kyle Korver George Hill Marv Marv yeah, yeah they, they were oh. damn old last year that's God, a good they, point I West, think they were the oldest team last year
2: I'm I think sure. they ended up there yeah especially when they ended up swapping Dragon Bender for Marvin Williams that's a like a 13 or so year shift in itself but
3: Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
2: Yeah, you know, I agree. And also, like, I just think you're going to need a little bit of randomness to beat the Nets no matter what. Like, I think I think the Bucs could play their best ball. And if the Nets play their best ball, the Bucks probably lose. I don't know. Do you, do you subscribe to that? Do you agree with that? I guess that's a question worth exploring, too, as we kind of shift to talking about the
3: teams themselves a little bit. Yeah, that is an interesting question. I've been sort of grappling with that inside my own head as I think about this Bucks team, is how good do I actually think they can be? Right, Because we've talked all season about, oh, they're experimenting, they're experimenting, they're trying new stuff, waiting for the playoff. This player's out, this player's out. We have not seen this full team realistically yet. We haven't. And who knows, maybe once Giannis and P.J. Tucker come back from their injuries-slash-rest uh Allegedly, <laughs> we. I don't want. I don't want to downplay any actual injuries. What I'm trying to say here, right, right. Once we see this team at full strength, that's what we could see. Also, you could make counter argument and say, well, you could say the same thing about Brooklyn because we, mm-hmm. as I mentioned up top, we haven't seen that team at full strength yet. I think the one team that we have seen at full strength is the Sixers, and they're. they're They're the Sixers. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Yeah. But Brooklyn and Milwaukee, they're both sort of mysteries, which is why this playoff matchup sort of intrigues me so much. Because on its face, it's KD, Harden, and Kyrie versus Giannis, Chris, and Drew. In whatever order you want to say, we're not talking about that this episode. So (laughs) you get just those three matchups. And theoretically, like, those three players, like, they match each other in, in a sense of, like... Uh, the Bucks have defenders to put on those players and, you know, vice versa in the sense like, oh, can Brooklyn handle Milwaukee's big three? No one really says that because that's fair. Brooklyn's big three is better. They okay. are yeah. better. They're yeah. very, They're very much better. I know you were waiting for me to actually talk about that. They are better. I will admit that they are very, very, very good. Very good, which is why this entire conversation is just very interesting because Brooklyn is a very good team. I don't know how to stress this enough. (laughs) They are good. They are elite. They feel to me like the favorites at this point in time. When
2: I listen to the the low post, they might literally be without all the weirdness going on out west. Lakers can't get healthy. The Nuggets just lost Jamal Murray for the rest of the season, a lot of next season, which absolutely sucks. This the season should not have been played at this pace. It's clearly bad for the game, but I digress. Um yeah, the Nets are based the, literally the favorites. I think the, the the thing with Brooklyn that I still believe is like if they're if they can fully optimize all of KD Harden and Kyrie, they will beat everyone. Like I don't think anybody's going to be able to keep up with that team. It's just not going to be possible. I mean, the Bucs have a good big three of an All-NBA player and two, like, All-Star level players. And then the Nets have two first-team All-NBA players and an All-Star caliber and a literal All-Star in Kyrie Irving. No,
3: literally a second-team All-NBA guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So... You know, we can argue about you know was Chris snubbed, was Drew snubbed in these particular years. It's just it, it's the it's the difference between guys who are floating around that level and guys who are just there and like they're locks for that yes. level. and and some of it is is hype and popularity, especially I think regarding Kyrie. But they're all very good, and that, that includes Kyrie. Kyrie at his best is like an absolute maestro who's unguardable. Kyrie and, is
3: Kyrie is underrated this season. He's extremely yes. underrated this season Uh because of, there's a. You know, There's a plethora of uh, things that go on with Kyrie Irving, so it's hard to focus on his actual basketball play on the court. But he is having an elite season. He has missed games here and there, but he hasn't missed as many games as Harden, definitely not as many as Durant. And he is playing. He is keeping this team afloat and playing at an all-star, all-NBA level, like you were saying, to keep this team up while Harden has been out, while KD has been out. So Kyrie is having a massively underrated season But to what you were talking about. Yes. The Nets big three is better than the Bucks big three. The one thing with the Nets though is defense. That's what we talk about. And they're just the general discourse around the Nets is that their defense is not great. It is not great. And those three players are not known to be great defenders. Kevin Durant can be a good to great defender. He spent half a season in golden state trying to make a all defensive team and didn't I remember that. That was a fun yeah, time. I do. He was like, that. "Oh, I'm going to go for every block," and then he was like, "Well, sure." Uh, he also well, was now, like, "He was he I was, was legitimately better."
2: He was legitimately better there and at, at defense. And like he went on. Then he went on a tirade saying, "I've always been this good. You all just never noticed." Like, Katie, just take a compliment, man.
3: Yeah, like I love you, Katie. But like, come on. But those three are not, you know, known for their defense. Giannis and Drew, uh, Chris is a different story. Yeah. Giannis and Drew are known for their defense. Drew Holiday is an all-defensive team player. He is the guy who even Kevin Durant has called like the hardest guard in the league, like the hardest player to go up against in the league. And Giannis is the reigning Defensive Player of the Year. So the counter argument to oh the the Nets big three is just so good on offense. Well, yeah, the Bucks big three big whatever uh it's a different conversation (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. they play both ends they play both ends at an elite elite level
2: yeah i think
3: what's going to be interesting is you know how i see this the Nets lost to the lakers without ad and lebron by 20 given kevin uh was james harden not playing in that game yeah Yeah, james harden was not playing in that game but the entire lakers roster of good players was not playing in that game
2: (laughs) yeah.
3: I, well, I think the thing with the Nets
2: that I think is probably going to end up killing the Bucks if these two teams match up in the playoffs is yeah, as top heavy as Brooklyn is, and, and certainly they are, they also have some elite role players. And I can just absolutely see Jeff Green and LaMarcus Aldridge and Joe Harris shooting like a billion uncontested threes to beat the Bucs, even when they hold KD to a respectable number and one of Kyrie or Harden has an off night. Because I think like you're going to get in games where those things happen. Like, the, the Bucks can – they have some guys at least to throw at Kevin Durant. There's only so much you can do. It's Kevin Durant. But, like, they used Giannis as a help defender and always showed him two defending players in the last matchup, and it actually worked. And then it's like you kind of just – I think you put Drew on, on Harden and hope for the best, and I don't really know what you do with Kyrie. I guess you kind of want Kyrie to shoot more because, again, we, we – If, no, if a great there's player. any of
3: those three players, you want Kyrie because he is yes. – he is an elite elite player. We talked about this. He is the worst of those three.
2: Although maybe you put Drew on Kyrie because the Bucks do kind of have a playbook for Harden that we've seen work well with even lesser defenders. Although it, it depends. Also, I think Harden probably has the most playoff question marks out of the three. So you can you can vary it. But Drew needs to play like fifty-six minutes per forty-eight minutes in this series for the Bucks to to the Bucks to live. But no, they they have other there's some other players who can defend. But I think I think what it comes down to with Brooklyn is like I talked about they'll lose. The only way they'll lose is, is if they're not optimized and we'll see like TBD on, on how Steve Nash is going to do. They've experimented a lot this season. I think that deserves rewarding, although the big rotation is just weird. Like I think they're better off playing a lot of Nick Claxton for their defense. But I think Lamarcus and Blake are just going to play and that's why they ended up there. <laughs> um, but the Bucks, we haven't talked about like, are they going to be optimized? And unfortunately. The answer is probably no based on what we've seen over the last 2 years and that's what really leads me to believe that the Nets will probably win if these two teams match up because I think if you if you're getting the most out of the Bucks rotation I think they have a legit chance even if Brooklyn plays well. I like I think I think they could hang in there and then a couple 50-50 moments who knows what happens. I'm just worried we're going to see like Pat Connaughton guarding Kevin Durant and Joe Harris, wide open all the time. Bobby
3: Portis guarding Kevin Durant. Bobby Portis
2: guarding Kevin Durant. Like, all of these things that are just going to frustrate the hell out of us. And that's, I mean, I think that's what, that's going to make this series look silly in a hurry if if it comes. Like, I just don't think, there's no margin for error here. Even against Philly, I think there's some margin for error. And we're going to talk about them momentarily. Against Brooklyn, there's just none. Because all the time, except for like, I guess, Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton, they're going to be playing guys who will find ways to kill you offensively, and even like Bruce Brown's a really good cutter. I Man, it's nice. It's you know, there's levels to this. It's Kevin Durant, Bruce and-
3: Brown. You know what? This is a, this is a thought that came into my head. Thanasis is like baby Bruce Brown from the Nets.
2: Yeah, just like a, a dirty work guy, basically.
3: Yeah, and he'll roll roam out there, do whatever he wants, and he'll make good plays. I think Thanasis makes more sense in this series than uh,
2: than Conraden does, to be honest with you. Because the, the Bucks are just going to need to play defense.
3: You might, you might, and he's playing himself into it. Ah, oh. yes. yeah. The the Twitter outrage is going to be delicious.
2: It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> People are going to be so confused who haven't watched all year, aka everyone who's not on Bucks Twitter, and they're going to yep. be like, "The way Giannis' brother is playing, what what kind it's, of joke it's, it's, is wait, this?" It's his
3: younger brother, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Giannis' little brother. Um, but yeah, that's my thought on the Nets. It's just like you want to avoid them for as long as possible. Because I just think. You need so many things to go right, some out of your control. Again, like I want Kyrie taking the most shots out of the big three, and then, and even then, like it's not like that's a great bet. I mean, you could totally lose to Kyrie t- shooting a bunch of shots, but you'll lose more often if it's KD shooting a bunch of shots. But even outside of all the, all of those things that are kind of out of your control, I mean, you can try to funnel shots, but whatever. Like, there is things in the Bucks' control that I think they're probably not going to do the best at, and that's just going to make it so so tough to beat that Brooklyn team.
3: For sure, and just uh, just as a counter here, we could make the same conversation uh, reversed. Who on that Nets team is guarding Giannis?
2: I'm gonna be interested to see who the, what their starting five even is. It's probably is. gonna
3: yeah because they've they've varied it. I mean, they've had to because of all their injuries and protocols. They've had a lot. I think they've had the most used lineups in the entire league, um, this season. So. I'm very interested to see if they put Lamarcus or Blake on Giannis. It's it's okay. Sure, we could say the same thing about Steve Nash that we do about Bud. Yeah, <laughs> realistically, because yeah. we haven't seen Steve Nash as a coach before in the postseason. We haven't seen that before. At least with Bud, we know what we're getting. Hopefully not. But yeah, I was gonna say hopefully we <laughs> don't know that much. But yeah, we do, hopefully we don't know. With Steve Nash, we know nothing. We know nothing at all. We have no sample size. This is why I was talking about with this team being just an absolute mystery because we don't know what this team plays like together. We've never seen this team play together for a playoff series in terms of just roster. And in terms of coaching, they're all over the place. Like who knows what you're going to get. I'm not saying they're poorly coached or anything. I'm saying we have no sample to go off of. If
2: I had to guess, I would assume, I mean, we know three of the starters. I assume Joe Harris will start. So that leaves one guy. I would guess DeAndre Jordan, and if I'm the Nets, I start DeAndre on Giannis and KD on Brooke Lopez because the Bucs are stupid and they'll probably try to play through Brook Lopez as a result of that, because it's just stupid. And that that's an advantage. And I think like you probably just are going to cycle through guys trying to guard Giannis. Like I think KD will do it a little bit, but I don't think you want that the whole series if you're Brooklyn. I think, you know. Probably Nick Claxton, who's like a really good switchy defender. But again, like, is he going to lose all of his minutes when everyone's healthy to all the other guys? Who knows? Jeff Green maybe is going to get some opportunity. Uh, That's that's,
3: the name I was going to bring up. Jeff
2: Jeff Green Green. is, he's one of those where like, he can't really do it, but he's like a smart enough veteran player that he might get away with enough stuff to kind of do it. It's like
3: an Anthony Tolliver against the Jay Crowder. That was uh, last year. Jay Crowder was the I one. I said Anthony Tolliver. That's no, it's such like... a niche reference. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't he get signed by someone recently? I don't
2: even remember what and I, I don't know what did. Anthony Tolliver's been up to, to be honest with you.
3: I think he's in the league again, but I digress. <laughs> my counter to that is we've seen uh we've seen the Bucks play this team, like the Bucks in the playoffs or Giannis goes ham. I doubt they'll try to play through Brooke Lopez if uh, Kevin Durant's on him, because Giannis will have DeAndre Jordan on him (laughs) in that situation. And Giannis goes ham. He goes insane when it's playoff time. Uh, Think back to the 18-19 run. Just from the tip, a Gets it was the Pistons, so, like, whatever. But from from the jump, he was like, nah, 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 nah. We are, we're winning this. So he just he goes insane in the playoffs. If he has DeAndre Jordan on him, and Steve Nash, if you put Blake or LaMarcus on him, good luck. Just good luck. So that's actually, the counter.
2: Yeah, and I think what's going to be most interesting is Miami was able to neutralize the Bucks' favorite action, the Christianas pick and roll by just putting guys on both of them who could switch because they have so many of those switchy guys. I don't know who Brooklyn would put on Drew that they'd be comfortable with both guarding Drew and guarding Giannis. So there are going to be opportunities here for the Bucs to exploit. They need to just be diligent about doing it and not have the offense devolve into a Dante DiVincenzo fadeaway or a Brook Lopez, Burke Lewicki or whatever the hell else they do.
3: They're just gonna have to be really good, but I think or Brook Lopez will have his Brooklyn powers activated and he'll just go nuts. Ooh, Ooh Brook Lopez revenge! Did you know he's the Nets' all-time leading scorer.
2: I did. I'm not shocked by that. He was there for a yeah. long time.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe being in that city, if they if the Bucks don't have home court advantage uh, yeah. in this situation, maybe like we get Boston Pat. Uh, maybe we'll get Brooklyn Brook.
2: I'm here for that. Let's talk about Philly. We've we've talked a lot about Brooklyn already. The TLDR is don't want to play them as long as possible because they're the best team in the NBA by consensus, the most likely to win a championship. It'd be incredibly hard for the Bucs to beat them in a series.
3: Philly it would also be an insane legacy boost.
2: It it sure would be, Rohan. It sure would be.
3: Uh it would be it would be
2: epic. And it pr- looks like the Bucks will have to go through both of these teams. So no Mickey Mouse rings in store for Milwaukee if they somehow pull this thing off. So the Sixers. It's kind of nice all of the coaches of the power three teams in the east kind of some question marks doc rivers someone people very much like as a person myself included big question marks in his playoff record i
3: think uh since he left not just playoff record in general just the way in which it happens, because yeah. we had the reason he is in Philadelphia is because he's not with the Clippers anymore because of their just insane. I sh- We shouldn't say this as books, the followers, but <laughs> just their massive 3-1 meltdown against the Nuggets. Uh, we had the infamous uh Clippers-Rockets series from a few years back where the Rockets somehow... Some way, just Josh got Smith, this. baby. Josh Smith just absolutely torched the entire city of Los Angeles and just ethered them into oblivion. So, yeah, Doc Rivers does have some questions. Yeah, so and and
2: his team, I think, has some questions too. So Embiid, I, I don't even want to spend that much time talking about Embiid, not to do a disservice to him, but just because like he's incredible now. He's expanded his range. from three. He's shooting a really high percentage on long twos. He recently compared his game to Kevin Durant and I was going to like make fun of him. And I was like, he's actually kind of did it. So I'm not going to, he's not at KD levels, but he's like just really, really good, really hard to stop offensively. He's gotten better at manning double teams on when he's posted up. He can shoot now on defense. He's a DPOI level defender, the true Sixers DPOI, if you will. So that's Embiid. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. We've seen, you know, Brooke Lopez, we'll, we'll see. I'm a little I'm hesitant, but actually the one thing that gives me a little hope about that is Brooke Lopez has been really good defending players who are like facing up this season. Normally it's perimeter players on switches, but he's very smart about combining kind of his height And his slowness to not let people get around him and kind of encourage them to shoot. But they don't have a great shot because he's deceptively long and all this. So hopefully, Brooke will be sort of equipped. Did you just call Brooke deceptively long? Yeah. (laughs) Go get it. Well, I think he tricks people. I really do. I think watch him cover anyone on the perimeter when they're facing up. I swear he tricks them into thinking it's going to be a pretty open shot. And then it's just not. Like, he just... He kind of swallows up the airspace. He's really good don't at that. I so, Like
3: I'm not saying you're wrong. I've just never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But what? I mean, it's usually no, it, for, does. it does. It well, does. Well, it's
2: usually it's like uh, uh, De- Derek Jones Jr. is deceptively long. He's like six with a 95 foot wingspan. But Brook Lopez uh, is McHale not one of those Bridges. players. But yeah. Oh no, that was Myles Bridges with the dunk. But yeah. Um, so that, that's that's Embiid. Uh, good luck, Brook Lopez. He's going to mm-hmm. score a billion points probably if he's not. You know. And
3: the thing is with Brook Lopez is like, oh, he can't defend like pick and pop bigs. Well, one, the Bucks have varied their pick and roll coverage this season based on whether they're drop bigs or uh, pop bigs. And also, if Embiid is shooting threes, I, this is the thing, like I sound like a mainstream media person. If you win every single possession that Embiid shoots a three against you, like he he is shooting what, 38.3%? on just three attempts per game. Three attempts a game. So he's only making like just over a three a game if that's the game plan sure you'll take that you'll take that every time i think you need need to keep
2: them off the line you need to keep them off the line that's the thing with Embiid: more than 11 nearly 12 attempted free throws per game you need to be so disciplined defending this guy. That's we, I think he's on pace to break a Wilt Chamberlain record. That's how much he's getting to the foul line. That seems impossible with Harden existing, but I, I heard that on the low post recently. Um, you got to keep Embiid off the line, keep out of foul trouble. That's going to be crucial to defending him. But And that does get uh, sort of toned down in the postseason as well. Great, 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 great observation. Um, but I think really the key to beating Philly is exactly what it was last year and what it's been this whole era is like survive the Embiid minutes Feast and the non-NBade minutes. And again, I, I think mentioned this earlier in this pod. I've certainly said it recently. The next two guys are Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. So you have an opportunity here to make the most of capitalizing on all of the non-NBade players. And I think that means doubling MB although he's gotten better at it. I still think you want to get the ball out of his hands, probably with the guy guarding Simmons as much as possible. And I think it means you just, it needs to be a focus every game win the non-MB minutes because they just don't have enough so Tobias Harris amazing season he's probably played better than Chris this year no at least close at least close he's been on his level and that's not even shade at Chris which people will probably this war and bucks Twitter I don't care about right now Tobias has just played really well Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons and then it's like Seth Curry Danny Green, Shake Milton, Korkmaz, Matisse Thybul. we're talking about like Fine players, but not really guys you're super afraid of, especially like comparing them to the Nets guys. So, I think the game plan here is like really try to make Embiid do it all if you can.
3: Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to hear what Ben Simmons does in the playoffs? Usually, yes. Uh, So the last time he was in the playoffs, given he did miss the playoffs last uh, last season in the bubble due to what was a it was a knee injury, if I remember correctly, right? I
2: think so, but I'm not positive.
3: Okay, it was some sort of lower limb injury. He was out. He he didn't play in the playoffs. So, uh, 18-19, we got a scorching 13.9 points per game. We got a lower than even his rookie season 6.0 assists per game. We got uh, no three-point percentage. Actually, he shoots a – is it 100 if he doesn't take any uh, in Um, that regard? No. Uh, He shot less than 10 shots a game uh just just absolutely beautiful he had just didn't even get to the line shot 3.3 free throws a game it's you know he was averaging uh you know more foul like 3.8 fouls a game too it's just like he, he's not great he's not great in the playoffs he, yeah, he got and- reduced to playing uh the the bucks variation that they added this year the dunker spot role. That's what his entire role was in the playoffs because he could not do anything else. Ty.
2: Yeah. And even in recent weeks without Embiid, he was like
3: playing very passive. But Ty, he's Giannis. If he has his own team, that's what I've been told.
2: 14.8 points per game in this regular season, Uh, 7.7 rebounds, 7.1 assists, three and a half turnovers. You know, a good, useful player, much, much more useful on defense than offense. I think he's going to give Milwaukee problems on that end, but he's just so easily mar- easily marginalized on the offensive end that like...
3: He's the Philly Eric Bledsoe.
2: Yeah, and I think the game plan for me defensively is I'm putting Giannis on him and just saying like, do whatever you want. Like, clearly he's not going to shoot. So if you're anywhere around the rim, you're going to be able to recover and, and stop him. Like, this is the perfect cover for Giannis because we know how much he's prone to wandering off of his man and it can kill the Bucks If he's guarding Joe Harris or Jeff green, if he's guarding Ben Simmons, it's probably fine. It's probably going to be just fine if he wanders away. So I think this is a sneakily good matchup for the Bucks. There are still the shooter issues. You know, don't lose Maz all the time. Don't lose Seth Curry. Dante. Yeah. Dante. Uh, don't lose Seth Curry who they're sometimes afraid to play. You got to watch for Danny green who. I just I don't trust any of these guys, particularly especially Danny Green, who I feel like is just a, a fraudulent playoff player who just has never really been that good in the playoffs. And he has a reputation from that Spurs team, but ever since that year he's been pretty awful in most postseasons. Back-to-back
3: so back rings though. Big big rings guy. Uh
2: big unearned rings guy. So yeah, I just like you know, they have Dwight Howard yes <laughs> Dwight Howard is there. He's gonna hit a couple big dunks in a game and, and give up a lot of points. Can he? He's gonna dunk. That's I think he's gonna dunk for sure. Dakota Mathias is eleventh on their team in minutes, although he's only played eight games. But that's just fun to read. Tyrese Maxey, the guy who held up the uh, Harden trade, might play. I don't know. Maybe I'm just this team does not inspire me, and I, I know they, they've been good.
3: You know, what? you know what they remind me. of? I said last season they remind me of the 15 16 Bucks, uh, and that. Sort of yeah. came true with their Al Horford siding. and just like oh that was that was a good team. That was a fun team. What a great comp. Yeah. Uh this season reminds me of the 1920 Bucks. The yeah. last season's Bucks. They just they do not have it.
2: If they and finish this could first come back to
3: bite me. But if they, they finish first, it's a perfect comp. It. Exactly. And it works wonders for the Bucks if, they, if that happens. Because the Bucks are sort of in that Miami role, aren't they? Even yeah. though, actually, I wouldn't say that because Miami was a little underrated heading into yeah. that matchup. Uh I was not uh <laughs> underrating Miami in the slightest. I but I digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this team. That no one on this team scares me except Embiid.
2: No yeah, I, I just I feel like they should be able to handle Tobias. And I just would think... you
3: rather have Ben Simmons or Thanasis?
2: <laughs> <laughs> ben Simmons. For what? My head says Ben Simmons. My heart says tell me
3: why. Masses. Convince me. Actually, convince playmaking. Me. Sure, Wait, and he's what? a better defender he too. He's a better is defender he? too. Yes. I don't know. Okay, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> okay.
2: my heart says Thanasis. My head does not. Um,
3: is there I mean, that much of a difference though? Yes. But yes, but less than it's some. A, is people it a think. question? Is it worth a question?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that all that said, like I think. Oh, I thought Shake Milton could shoot 32% from three. Tybal, 31% from three. They have some big question marks. He's a three
3: marks. and D guy. He's uh, just missing the three. Yeah,
2: D guy. Um, I, I could still see this team giving, like, potentially beating the Bucs. Like, I do think they're going to be good, and, and the Bucks are going to have to play well and execute a good game plan. But I just see better avenues, better matchups, individually for Milwaukee. And I just think uh, Philly... Kind of runs out of defenders unless they're playing Tybalt and giving up even more spacing. So, like, either they play Tybalt, Embiid, and Simmons and just have like zero spacing, or they play two of them and they have to guard one of Giannis, Chris, Drew with a suboptimal player. So it, it just feels like there's opportunities for Milwaukee to win these matchups and beat the Sixers. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they're good. I think we probably disrespect them a little too much, but I also just do not see them. As come on, Ty. A it's better
3: all and it's
2: fun. Uh it, it's only sort of ingest for me. I just I don't like do not believe in this team.
3: Make it make it to the conference finals. It's fair enough. Do that. Yeah. The people calling the Bucks. The Sixers haven't even done that. It's a good point. They really haven't. They've they've done nothing in the playoffs. <laughs> they
2: almost <laughs> they, beat the Raptors but didn't.
3: Yeah, they lost. Same
2: as the Bucks.
3: Yeah, they they lost. Sure, they lost. Uh, they lost earlier, and it was like a seven-game series instead of like a six-game series. Sure, uh, they, I would argue that uh, that Chris Middleton pull-up three at the end of Game Three in that series is as consequential consequential of a shot as that Kawhi shot,
2: or just the Siakam <laughs> controversial out of bounds call that ended up also at, near the end of that game deciding it. Like, if the Bucks go up three-zero, I just, I mean, I've, I, people are on both sides of it, but we don't. I mean the game seven one is more consequential because obviously hundred percent determined the series. So there's not, it's going to be a little bit more, but I, I agree with your general point. And yeah, but that's yeah, that's enough of that. Enough of the 2019. Yeah, go playoffs. Make
3: it to the conference finals. Yeah. Feeling. Well, just stop
2: saying that. Cause if they do, that probably means they've, okay. the
3: you haven't, you haven't made the conference finals. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, but yeah. so that's the top three seeds. So Brooklyn, and I don't think this is a revelation to anyone, but Brooklyn, The most dangerous, the team the Bucs would like to see the least. The Sixers, going to be tough, tougher than anybody else in the East besides, obviously, Brooklyn. But I think that should be something the Bucs can navigate. So if they lose to Philly in the playoffs, that to me feels like a huge disappointment. If they lose to Brooklyn, the second round part would sting. But I, again, we have to see the series as well. But I could see it being not a massive disappointment. For sure,
3: I agree with that analysis. So basically, if you want to assume that the Bucks are finishing third, if we're talking seedings here, you want Philly number one.
2: Yes, yes. So you want either the Bucks first
3: or the Sixers first? No, I no. Sorry, 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 sorry. You want Brooklyn number one? (laughs) I completely messed that up. So So you want? Let's go ahead.
2: Quick overview: number one best Bucks first, Philly then Brooklyn, then flip flop those two. Then the next most optimal is Brooklyn first, Milwaukee, Philly, then Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee, and then the least optimal is Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, because the Nets in the second round with home court is a nightmare. And then also like even without home, even if Milwaukee has home court in that series, it's still going to be really, really hard to to win. So that I think that I think that about covers what we set out to do. We looked at the top three teams how the seedings could shake out and how it'll matter and what's best for the bucks. The TLDR, avoid Brooklyn as long as possible.
3: Yes. Yes. Avoid Brooklyn. Maybe we're overhyping them too much, or maybe we're just scared for a good reason, but yes, avoid Brooklyn at all costs. But what you shouldn't avoid is leaving a rating and subscribing to your favorite Bucks podcast, the Euro Step, here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the show overall. If you did enjoy, do what I just talked about. You know, make sure you leave that Apple rating. That helps. And subscribe, as always. Tell all your family and friends about the show. Check out all the content across the Blue Wire Network. Stay safe, everyone, and we will talk to you next time.